The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know armadillos are often accused of crimes of passion, but all of these accusations are false because an armadillo means every single action it takes. And when it's a violent action, armadillo is always ice cold. <laughs> I did not know that. Actually, I kind of suspected it. You tell it by their eyes. <laughs> I mean, as armadillos, we all knew this. Right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, by our eyes, sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> For more armadillo-related facts to unlock bonus content and find out how you can access our episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash club. The wheel of time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there. Welcome to The Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Michael Sparkle. And today we're going to talk about chapters 5 through 8 of Crown of Swords, book 7 of The Wheel of Time. God, I don't even know anymore. Book 7 ish so of The Wheel of Time. Book 19 of The Wheel of Time. <laughs> yeah. Previously, Rand packs up his dragon army and his head full of Mad Wizard and ships off to Kyrian. He has one of his pet wizards open a portal, yet again sparing us from a whole bunch of boring travel chapters. They arrive near Kyrian to learn that Rand can't even be gone for a week without shit just falling right apart. The Aiel are splintering, some noble has declared herself queen, and the city is just lousy with stray Aes Sedai. Now it's up to Rand to tidy up this mess so he can get back to saving the world from annihilation. Gotta lay out some dragon justice or something. Yes, chapter five. A broken crown, icon of the dragon. So there is a dramatic march of Rand and all of his hangers-on into the coronation ceremony of Kolobayr. I love it because Rand's like continuing with his plan of just walking right up until someone tries to stop him. No one does. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if he's got this whole plan like, okay, I'm going to kill this guy with a sword, I'm going to hit this guy with the power, but just nobody nobody actually makes him do his plan. Yeah, he's just walking, he's like, man, there's just no one here. I thought there'd be some guards and probably yeah. some shouting. What am I paying these people for? <laughs> <laughs> and Fael's there. Yeah, Fael is there with Kolobayr. All the nobles are there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Fael is one of Kolovair's ladies up on the uh, coronation station. What do you call it? <laughs> coronation station. I like that. The dais. Dais. Yeah. I think it's funny because when Rand walks in, Kolovair has this moment where she's like, sorry, no seat backs. I've got the <laughs> crown, uh, which I think everyone in that damn room was probably overplaying her hand. <laughs> yeah. I, I really admire Kolovair in this whole chapter. I kind of like her. Too bad she's going to be on a farm uh, because she's like, she's a gamer, you know? As soon as he shows up, she's like, oh, well, now I'm a queen that works for you. Oh, I'm not going to be a queen. Oh, well, you know, I, I get that. I'll just be one of your, your lords and ladies. And, and then finally, she's like, oh, you're going you're gonna to punish me? Well, I demand to be executed the way I want to be executed. <laughs> I know. She's, she's definitely got like some giant stones on her, right? <laughs> yeah. Not just the gems in her crown. Right. Well, I mean, also the gems in her crown. So Rand does the super dramatic daddy's home walk <laughs> through mm-hmm. the, all the gathered nobles up to Kolovair. Lots of gasping and like people being like, oh shit, what's about to happen? Yeah, like, are, are we all about to die? Are we going <laughs> to die right now? I mean, that's a distinct possibility, right? He's the dragon reborn and he's probably executed a bunch of nobles in the past. And it looks really cool too because she's got this crazy hair and I was trying to imagine it. I think it was kind of supposed to be like a Marie Antoinette kind of thing. Mm-hmm. She's got like really high hair and he rips the crown off of it and like crushes it but then it's whole again. Yeah, with magic. <laughs> or symbolism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's super dramatic. Uh, but 
Rand, in the end, can't bring himself to execute a lady, so he orders her exile to a farm. She's going to have to do farming. Yeah. And she's going to be a prisoner. I mean, it sounds like a pretty good solution to me. Yeah, it is. Normally, these people have, you know, partisans. They have allies, so you want to kill them so that they don't rise up again later. Yeah. But her allies abandon her immediately. It's funny because there's this moment where there's, like, she's, like, calling on her Aes Sedai advisor buddy who's, like, very wisely hiding behind the throne. Yeah. He's like, I thought there was another person here. And it's like, oh, she's hiding behind the throne. Yeah, that one hiding behind the throne, that is the smartest person in the world. <laughs> That's right. And then uh, the Aes is like, okay, so you know how I thought you thought we were like friends and stuff? Well, yeah. And Fayette nah. totally turns on her too and starts snitching on her. Yeah, yeah. Like, That's true. Yeah, I, I think she murdered this person and she's like a traitor and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's not great news for Colavir, for sure. Uh, speaking of Fail, I want to say that, you know, previous to this, I had mentioned that I was kind of warming up to Fail a little bit, and I immediately was reminded of why I don't like her. Mm-hmm. She's like, really? she starts with the jealousy thing, like, immediately. Like, the, he mentions uh, Verilaine's name because she has evidence about this whole thing, and, and like, he's like, oh, and I immediately smel- smelled the jealousy spiking. He's like, ah, oh, fuck this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, also, like, she's so... She's so emotionally abusive, too. Like, he's been so worried about her. And she was such an asshole to him when he left and she thought he was going to die. And he gets there and he's looking at her and he's just desperate for some sort of, like, positive acknowledgement or a smile or anything. And he keeps saying, like, what did I do wrong? Why won't she speak? Why won't she speak? And like, she's a manipulative piece of shit. <laughs> really? I thought this was a cool moment for Fail, or how she ingratiated herself with Colavir and, and she was collecting evidence and, like, you know, playing the game of houses against her. I think no. it just makes her even slimier. She knows which side of the bread is butter or whatever it is. Like she, she, you know. Yeah, but she makes it clear that she's always on Perrin's side. And that yeah. I, I believe her that this, I, she was doing this because this is the best way to help Perrin. I yeah. will grant you that. I, I do believe that Fayil had from the, like, had inserted herself with the intention of betraying Colder at the first opportunity. You know, mm-hmm. I do, I do buy that. I, I think she's a very capable person, but. Also incredibly emotionally unstable and cruel. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. And manipulative. And I manipulative. Think that's like the number one word for me. The Berylane thing is shitty, yes. But, but she's also like 17, remember. But, I don't care. <laughs> I'm well, over it. Uh, and I, I love there's this moment where like they're talking about Loyal and he's like trying to hold his axe and like furiously jotting notes at the same time for his book. <laughs> it's like, oh, Loyal, I missed you. <laughs> that's cool. I like to imagine he's in the background of all the scenes writing things down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got like the, the axe like tucked under his arm and like or on his shoulders. So he's like, <laughs> writing as fast as he can. This is good shit. Keep talking. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as you mentioned, uh, Rand denobles uh, Colavir, which I guess at this point it's kind of like the dragon special. He's done this a lot, right? Stripping yeah. nobles of their lands and titles because... Nobles hate when you do that shit. Yeah, that's that's the worst. They'd rather get their heads cut off. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think that's that's a point that um, one of Rand's generals, whose name I always forget, uh, makes. He's like, I you know, might have actually been nicer to just kill her because he's going to be real miserable for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting too because it it kind of reminded me of what happened with Mary Queen of Scots, except that she was still allowed to live at her station, just way up in Scotland, oh, far away from anybody else. Mm-hmm. But the same idea, you're threatening the throne and this other woman wants it, who's kind of in an unsteady place. So send her far, far away. Yeah. But Rand shows clemency to all the other nobles who are apparently on her side. You know, they're here in the room. Uh, he says, you know, if you get out of this room right now, I won't do anything to you. <laughs> and they take him literally. They're like, uh, <laughs> run. Yeah. yeah. Just deal right out. So the, the guy's name is Dobrain. 
and I think I think I kept track of all the names. Dobrain is the Kyrianan lord that was loyal to Rand and helped Perrin ride to the rescue. There's a Kyrianan lord and a Tyran lord, I think, right? A Myanor lord. Oh, sorry, a Myanor lord. And I always get them confused. So Dobrain and what was the other one? Javian Nurel. Okay, and he's the Myanor. Or Nurel Javian. One of those. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, so, he, you know, so this guy that's talking is the Kyrian guy. I consider them like a duo and inseparable, and I don't bother to remember either their names. They're just the two generals that, that roll with uh, Rand right now. Yeah, that's right. So chapter six, old fear and new fear. I kind of a wolf. So uh, after all this goes down, Fayil and Perrin reunite. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Perrin is super lucky that he can smell people's emotions because otherwise these, these are deep, uncharted, rocky waters here. Yeah, I mean, they are anyway, but you're right. Like it, it, it's, it does lend him some, some chance of navigating safely because uh, Fayil's facial expressions are often at odds with her... Uh, Emotions yeah, or spiky jealousy emotions. <laughs> I still do think it's super cool though that there's a language of fans. I think yeah. that's really neat. That's a good point. That was kind of fun. Like, and he, I guess parents started to learn a little bit. Like, she does little, she has little uh, gestures that he knows what they mean. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of cool. Like it a, is cool. a secret language between them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we've seen someone else doing this, right? Am I, am I crazy? Oh, I think it's something else. I, I feel like there was another noble couple who had like a secret language. Not that I remember. Oh, shit, I'm thinking of Dune. Never mind. <laughs> Forget that. <laughs> that was Dune. <laughs> Sorry, it was a book I was reading uh, at the same time. Yeah, the Bar's tune into our next podcast, The Dragon Redune. But, I mean, Fael says something along the same lines about Colovia that uh, it probably yeah. would have been nicer to... That he's, essentially, Rand isn't doing anyone any favors. Yeah, Fael and, and Dobrain have this little talk, and Aram uh, have this little yeah, talk about he's how... still there. Stroking yeah. his blade I know. in a menacing way. <laughs> yeah. Everybody filed out. Perrin and Fayil are having a semi-private moment, but Aram's there. Yeah. Every time Fayil looks at him, he grins at her. <laughs> <laughs> in a totally not creepy way. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, Fayil's saying, oh, it sure is too bad she didn't just break her neck. Yeah. Too bad. Yeah, if something were to happen to her, yep. that would be just fine. Right. And it takes Perrin a good two paragraphs to figure out, wait a minute. They're talking about killing her. Hey, Fayil. I'd hate it if something bad happened to her. There, I did the double talk. (laughs) I'm good at this house games thing. I don't think Rand would like it if anything prevented her reaching that farm, Perrin said firmly, eyeing Aram and Fayil in turn. I wouldn't like it either. He felt rather proud of himself. That was talking around the point as well as any of them. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Oh, man. Nice try, guy. <laughs> yeah, just you know, stick with your hammers and axes. <laughs> and uh, Fayil, I didn't even think of this, but Fayil was really worried that they would come back as Aes Sedai puppets. Mm. She's still, at this point, still a little worried that they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. So I, 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 I think we met, there was a, in the previous chapter... When they walked in, Fael was looking around uh, in a like circumspect way, and that's probably yeah, why. Yeah, so she's, like, this is it. why I didn't really put it together. This is why it's so important to treat the Aes Sedai like crap, because you can't give anybody the impression that the Aes Sedai that you're tight with the Aes Sedai because they'll assume the Aes Sedai are in charge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's in, in in I guess in almost every situation that's a fair assumption, right? Because Aes Sedai have been behind the scenes pulling the strings in every government in every country except for what Amadisiero, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's generally a fair assumption, but in this case, not true. So then finally, Perrin and Fayil head back to their rooms to have a real talk. On the way, they have a run-in with the uh, faux Ail, 
what do they call themselves? I forget. Fail. Uh, Wait, no. No, we can't call them uh, that because oh, it's Fail. They call them something of the blade, or I, don't, I think they have a name for themselves. I don't remember what that is. Blade yeah. douches. Yeah, blade <laughs> douches. I, I like Foail though. <laughs> Listeners, if you come up with a better name, email us at hello at thedragonreride.com. Yes, please do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're just, I guess, following them around because, you know, Fail is cool and Perrin is cool. I was, I was and wondering. Perrin's like, fuck off or I'll kill you all. <laughs> and Fail's like, yeah, he'll kill you all. <laughs> you guys should fuck off. I wasn't sure if it was that they were working for Fail behind the scenes. That was my interpretation of this is that. They were looking for orders for Fael, and she, oh. they left because she's like, "Yeah, fuck off." Maybe, but yeah. I don't know if that's true. That's, that's just my interpretation. And uh, Perrin and Fael catch up. Fael was spying, totally, hundred percent. Yep. Which I think is cool, you know. Yeah, no, you're you're Even right. She's using her the tricks available to her, which aren't just you know throwing knives and having divided skirts. That's true. Though, though, though those are very useful skills. Um, and uh, Fael is very jealous, uh, and and she. Pushes Perrin up to the point where he snaps and uh, uses a little bit of violence on her, and that's just what she wanted. I know. I was <laughs> like, the, the parents just got to learn. This is how her family interacts. You got to see her her mom and dad interacting. Apparently, the trick to do is to to squeeze her until she's nearly dead, and then yeah. she's cool. Then she <laughs> then she gets lusty. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> like that's exactly my speed. <laughs> right. That really gets her motor running. Yeah, it's like my love language is violence. <laughs> And they're about to get to Bone Zone when Rand comes in. Come on, Rand. I know. I was really hoping Perrin was like about to finally get some action because you know he's been he's been having some trouble for a while now. You know, uh, but Rand, yeah, rolls in with the the, the land's greatest bone block. It's like the the dragon will command the mountain to fall and the nobles to kneel and the cock to be blocked. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about this. I wonder if you're Tavarin, if you're like preternaturally like adept at interrupting moments of intimacy because you're like always in the right place at the right time. Like that's what Tavarin do, right? Right. Yeah. And Rand's like, okay, so you're still, he comes in and is like, you're still not going to lead the, my army at Ilya? And, and Perrin's like, uh, no, busy here. And Rand's like, okay, I'll find something else for you to do. And Perrin's like, okay, cool. Anything else? <laughs> I bet because Rand interrupted him, now he's, now Fael is going to have a baby. That's going to be like Hitler. Or something like that's how it works. <laughs> Probably. Yeah, if Rand hadn't interrupted. Yeah, right. But now this is he did. Yeah, Hitler. he stopped Hitler from being born. Oh wait, no. No, he he caused Hitler to be born. One or the other. Yeah, it's definitely one or the other. <laughs> There's definitely going to be a Hitler or not a Hitler based on this moment because that's a proper do. A parent stands up to Rand against the you know murdering the Aes Sedai. Yeah, because Rand is still kind of like, well, maybe I should just murder them all. Which I'm still not entirely okay. I know we talked about this last time. I think you're probably right, Jeff, that he shouldn't murder the Aes Sedai because they're a useful bargaining chip. And, you know, if he murders them, it'll ruin relations and all that. But, like, on the other hand, kind of maybe should murder the Aes Sedai. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they're trouble to keep around. That's that's the main thing. Maybe, maybe. But we still don't actually know what Rand's plan is. This is a plan that has been in the works for, like, two and a half books or something, right? This whole, like, Ilian thing. Yeah, the Ilian plan. Yeah, and he and Perrin was going to be involved in it, and maybe we were going to hear about it, but no. Perrin's like, no, I'm not going to do that. He's like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> Still don't know what's going on with Ilian. Something. Yeah, so Rand leaves, and uh, luckily Perrin and Fael have not, in the interlude, strayed beyond the zones of... Uh... Bony. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They still get on that train to Bone Town. It, actually, <laughs> it is a little sweet, though, actually, because he knew that she was going to say something about farm girls in Saldia, <laughs> and she totally did, and so he started laughing. It was cute. Yeah, no, no. He, he as as well as probably anyone could, he gets Fayil and is able to deal with her because of his combination of 
being too you know stubborn to leave and able to smell her like wild emotions and you know yeah also being big enough to submit her i guess or whatever you know crush her submission yeah the one the one thing that i really do like about fayel is she doesn't seem to be scared of brand at all like they say and they even say it and you said it too like she's a she's all about her man yeah it's true she's she despite the fact that she seems to hate him half the time she always seems to be acting in her in her idea of what its parents best interest Mm -hmm. yeah chapter seven pitfalls and tripwires i kind of the lion this was a very hard chapter to read. I, I, because I'm not great at names already. And that's one of the things I don't like a lot of about, about a lot of fantasy because there are a billion names to keep track of. And I felt like this chapter was nothing but names. I'm going to be honest. Like when it comes to this, to Robert joining this one, I've kind of alluded to at this point. When it comes to names, I, I, I just, I stopped keeping track. Like I stopped yeah. trying because, because there are too many characters in this and, most of the time, it doesn't actually matter that much. Yes. <laughs> like, you know, when it was the Miner and the, 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 uh, the, what was it, Kyrene and Lord, mm-hmm. like, it kind of matters who they are, but it also kind of doesn't. Yeah, they, they could have called them Noble One and Noble Two. I kind of yeah. wish they had. And it would have been fine. You know, it's okay if you don't keep them separate in your mind because they're just doing the same thing together. Yeah, you know, Robert Jordan is actually really good at sketching memorable characters in a few lines. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But even he is getting overwhelmed here by the number of people that, that are involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think, I, I think that every time he introduces a character, uh, he, he does a solid job of like making them like evocative in some way. Like they, they, they have traits. They're not like generic, bland characters. But at this point, it's like it's fatiguing trying to keep track of them. It like really maybe is. you get a spreadsheet. Maybe, maybe that's the secret. Reading Robert Jordan with a spreadsheet. Because <laughs> the glossary just sucks. Yeah, I, I feel like it doesn't get updated very often, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it, most of these people don't actually matter. Most of these, this, I really, I, I kind of thought that all this machinations of the nobles was going somewhere. And in Kyrian, it went to the whole Cullabier thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in Andor, it does not appear to be going anywhere. Yeah, uh, as, we'll, as we'll learn. Yeah, and... So Rand has himself at the beginning of this chapter a nice little crazy rant in his mind. I know this is great. He's just like thinking about dragon stuff. He's like corruption and magic and parent and wipe them off all the all off the face of the earth. And, and you know, just <laughs> yeah. like you know, doing his little dragon thing. Right. Yeah. And uh, he goes to Camelin with some of his buddies to meet with Bale and Bashir, uh, and they do this whole uh, prisoner subterfuge. Yeah, like in this case is, Elaine and Avienda are there. This is really confusing to me. Like he's. He, it's, it's it's kind of elaborate, right? He has them like bind his hands and put a hood on him, and like yeah, they're all in plain clothes, and they're so they're being escorted as prisoners, just so he doesn't have to talk to his girlfriend. Is that the idea? Right, his girlfriends. Girlfriends, right? Yeah. Which I mean, we understand that's a sticky situation, but this seems a little bit over the top. Yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah, and but, they're not even there. But like throughout this chapter, occasionally people respond to the things in his head. Like, because he's saying some of them, mm-hmm. right? So, yeah. And some of the things in his head are very, very crazy. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe the, the, everybody around him is just rolling with this stuff in stride. Oh, he wants to dress himself up as a prisoner. And that's how he wants to come into the palace. Okay, that's that's like, you know, on the scale of the things I've seen today, that's like half as crazy as the craziest <laughs> thing. I mean, Davin Bashir did tell us that little anecdote about that one general that he followed that was like, what was it? He had like a whole forest of trees cut down because he thought they might be like enemy soldiers in disguise. It was right. something he, weird like that, right? They were just looking at him funny. <laughs> oh, that's right. The trees were looking at him funny. And he's like, but you're a great general. So he just followed him anyway. Yeah. So but she was into that. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that's probably what we're dealing with. They're like, I mean, like, he's a man who channels. He's going to go crazy. 
but we still need him for the end of the world, so let's just roll with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I just assume that Rand is insane and everybody's humoring him all the time. Yeah. We don't know what he's saying and what he isn't because he can't tell the difference. Right, which also makes this chapter really hard to follow because he's he's thinking about stuff really, really fast, like at, at an insane clip, and also seems to be sort of alternating personality and memories with Luz Theron. Yeah, he's like, keep your memories to yourself. Maybe in his head, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so oh, we also find out why Rand was searching the wagons. He's lost his little fat man, Angriel. Yeah, Uh-oh. exactly. That makes that makes a lot of sense That's now. Sad. That is sad. And I guess there's no way to find something like that. You can't like detect it, right? That we know. Yeah, of, I, I guess. guess not. He should have put like a, a magic beeper on it or something. Yeah, what is it like a tile or whatever? That little thing you can put on your keys. Yeah, he's one of those for his Angriel. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny because there's a moment when the 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 assembled advisors or whatever are like. So what did you do with Colibar? And he's like, she's taking up farming. And they're like, is that like a euphemism for you killed her? Oh, no. You mean literally. Sure. Okay, sure. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> she's taking up farming. Weird. But he does meet with Bale and Bashir, and he's back on his Ilian Samael bullshit, uh, which I'm sick of hearing about, to I, be honest. It's been uh, t- two books now. Like, just get it over with. Yeah, just hey. do it. Because we know it's not going to, like... It's not, the plan is not going to go off without a hitch, right? Yeah. This is going to involve you teleporting in and having a one-on-one fight with Samael. We know this. Yeah, it's like the, we know the army is a subterfuge, and it's fine. They know we're cool with that. Just, just let's let's roll this out, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so apparently, the Aes Sedai were trying to set up a similar situation with Kolovir in Andor, uh, but it didn't go because Dielin is like loyal to Elaine and the, the Lion Throne. Yeah, I thought this was actually kind of funny because a bunch of lords were like, we're declaring for Dialin, and Dialin's like, I'm going to have you executed. Yeah, has the ringleaders executed, has the others flogged, and she's like, nope, not doing it. So, Endor and nobles are just better than Kyrian and nobles. That is what we're supposed to gather from this, is <laughs> and, that they're more noble. And also, hearing about this is a waste of time because just nothing happened. Yeah, right? yeah, so the, the thing to take away from this is... Situation's the same as when we left. Yeah, and Rand's like, a few less nobles. Well, I guess, okay, well, that's okay then. <laughs> yeah, because I guess he thought he was going to have to do something similar. They were like, this thing about Dialin, he's like, oh, fuck. All right, what happened to Dialin? They're like, oh, she hung a bunch of nobles. He's like, oh, all right, cool, moving on. Yeah, done. <laughs> Settled then. That's uh, that's easier for me. Yeah, it's funny because there's a moment also where Rand is asking, uh, so Lane's not here yet? Huh, she seemed like, seemed like she would have made it by now. If she had come when Matt, because he doesn't know that she's off in Ebudar fucking around doing who knows what. Yeah, because he has this weird idea that Elaine would want to come rushing to take up the rulership of her rulerless kingdom. What a weird and, and watch out for her people. But no, no. She's like looking for the magic soul shaker or whatever. got to find that weather bowl. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be very disappointed to learn that she is nowhere near where, because she went the opposite direction, right? Like Ebudar is like away from yeah. Camelon. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but then Rand is finally giving the Ilian order. Yeah, he's finally rolling this plan out. It's been two books, like probably over a thousand pages of build up to this moment. Yeah, so we're going to see what happens. Except we're not, because the next chapter is not about Rand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I skipped over a whole bunch of just sort of check in stuff with what was going on with these people and those people and those people. And I think I know who they all are. But really nothing is happening. Nothing nothing any of those people are doing is as important as what Rand is doing because he has to save the whole world. Yeah, between the last two chapters, we've been exposed to probably like, what, three dozen random assorted nobles and generals yeah. and, and advisors. And I, and I 
I think they're all characters that we've been introduced to and probably have like some idea of their backstory, but I, for my part, cannot keep them straight. And that doesn't seem to matter much to understanding the story. I remember Dylan being one of the nobles we talked to, and apparently she's one who's good for Elaine. So that's cool. And that's what we need to know from that, right? <laughs> I don't. I, I forgot that Bael was married to the 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 spear sister or the what are the, the Dorinda the, and Melaine. Yeah, I forgot. He was married. one of them's a wise woman and one of them's a roof mistress. A roof mistress. Mm-hmm. Oh, his roof mistress. So she's not a she's not a maiden of the spear. She was a maiden of the spear, right? Something. Well, she uh, can't be anymore. Maybe. Yeah, not if you're a roof mistress. Ugh, whatever, you know. Again, doesn't matter. I mean, I'm, I'm surprised they don't call her the mistress of the roof. Because they say everything else of the everything. Yeah. There's a really, really maddening moment where Bile says, um, makes some sort of stupid joke about women. Wives are a great comfort if a man does not tell them too much. And so one of the wives tries to rip out his hair and then the other wife stabs him. And meanwhile, Fayel's mom is sitting back there like, hmm, interesting. It was <laughs> not a good moment. Yeah, because, you know, that's it, it's probably played for humor, but it is also like kind of terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he just, he keeps trying for humor, and he just misses the mark so far. Yeah, there's a lot of violence there. What's a funny thing that he has done that was funny? Matt's stuff. Matt's stuff is funny, for the most part. Matt's stuff is usually funny, yeah. I think he, like, like, like what he perceives as slapstick to me is, like, a little, like, intense and scary. Yeah, she did. She stabbed him. Yeah, Yeah. like, with a knife. Not a whole lot. Minor stabbing. Just a little stabbing. Any anytime he does a women be like, I just it it falls flat. Yeah. yeah, I feel the same way. Yeah, but again, that's just seems to be the thing. Send us your hate mail at hello at thedragonreread.com. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we love hearing from you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so that chapter ended. <laughs> Thankfully. Yeah, the Rand chapters are just not the best. I've been liking the parent chapters. Mm-hmm. Chapter eight: The Figurehead, Icon of the Four Snaken. Uh, the first snake in. Oh, look yeah. at them. That's a, good, that's a good symbol. I like that one. So Egwene is meeting with Sherium and Suan Sanche. Yeah, we get an Egwene chapter. We haven't had one of those in a long time, right? Uh, I feel like we have. Not in this book. Maybe not in this book. I think we got like a little stinger right at the end of the... Yeah, I feel like we haven't seen Egwene since... It's only been Perrin and Rand up to this point. In well, this no, even in the last book, I feel like we haven't seen Egwene since they split up and went to Ebadar. There's been some, because... Um, yeah, because Magedian is still there, remember? <laughs> Except at the end of the book, she wasn't anymore. Yeah, which I, I was, at first I was confused because in this chapter, Mogedian's back. But, yeah. yeah, and that's, I find that annoying. That like, timeline re- shift? Yeah, where, where he rewinds time and shows the same events from another perspective. For the Battle of Dumais well, Wells, I thought it was cool, but in this case, it's like, yeah, we know Mogedian left. Like, that takes away any of the, like, surprise yeah. or anything Exactly, like, yeah. This has already happened. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, the Dumais Wells was, it was awesome. It was an awesome scene, even if it was the same scene again. And this one, we already know this. Like, mm-hmm. She's just being surprised by something we already know. I think it would have maybe been better if he had left that stinger out of the last book. It was a good stinger. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I guess I, I guess I just feel like this could have been a, an interesting reveal moment. Something's happened. We don't know what it is, and then she's got. But we actually know everything about this because we saw it happen. We know that it's like the right. whatever the ice and ice that's actually a male. Yeah, and we spend time. Well, we'll get to it, but we spend time with Egwene 
speculating over possibilities that we know it's not. Yeah, so. mm-hmm. exactly. What do we know about her maid, Ch- Chisa? Chesa? Chesa. Chesa. What do we know about Chesa? Uh, Nothing except that she's suspicious as fuck. Yes, yeah, 100% okay. forsaken. Yeah, yeah. I'm like pretty sure she's forsaken, but I can't figure out which one. Like, but it's definitely forsaken. so obvious. She's probably Mogedian. Probably Mogedian is projecting her mind into a new person, and that's Chesa. Maybe, maybe. I, I think Grendel. I think Grendel. Because Grendel was always like made people think she was an airhead when she wasn't, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't we know where don't we know where Grendel is? I, I have trouble keeping it. Oh yeah, she had a whole like Isn't a she palace, over in, a palace yeah, yeah, full yeah. of like human art. Yeah, that's right. That's a Grendel thing. Who else is there? Uh Simiraj, who I'm pretty sure is still in um in the blight torturing an Aes Sedai or something, or was when we yeah, saw her. This doesn't seem like her style. She's not subtle. Mm-mm. So yeah, one of the Forsaken. Could be any of them, could be all of them. Masana yeah. is Masana still around? Well, she we met her in a, in the previous chapter in the White Tower. Yeah, that's right. She's in the White Tower. Right, the one who I think is Varen, except Varen's not in the White Tower. Right. So who knows? But you know, with the moment, the Forsaken can move around a lot. It could be the same one. <laughs> it probably is. Yeah, but it's it could be a male Forsaken because Egwene we know doesn't that's doesn't know that she can channel right. Yeah, true. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. That would be smart. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Anyway, Egwene is meeting with Sherium and Swan Sanche and Chessa. Uh, and there's this struggle for dominance between Egwene and Sherium and the other Aes Sedai, which with Swan Sanche's help, Egwene probably is going to win. That's great. This is, I actually found this super interesting because we have this juxtaposition. We have this, like, the, the two towers, essentially, right? The two Omerlins. Because we saw Elida and the way that she's navigating her Omerlin her ship or whatever. And now we're seeing the way it works with Egwene. And they're both kind of having trouble dealing with the tower, but like in a very different way. Um, you see like the simplicity versus the like opulence. You see like this like uh, arrogance and tact. You know, it's it's like really cool seeing them kind of next to each other mm-hmm. and how different they operate. And I guess we're seeing that Egwene is, Egwene's having a great deal more success than the light is, right? Yeah, I think so. Although she's not... I don't know, le- less nominal success, but more real success. Right. Like, Egwene is getting what she wants. That's a good point. Elida thinks that she's still running the show, but it is clear that she is not. And I guess with Egwene, it's exactly the opposite. Mm-hmm. No one thinks she's running the show, but she's actually kind of playing yeah. the strings pretty well. And speaking of which, she manages to ferret out that Sherium's team, uh, her faction, has sent a bunch of people to the tower to keep spreading those Loghain rumors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. we. I guess we didn't know anything about that, but it, I mean... It's a. It's not a bad plan necessarily, right? Yeah, but like doing it on their own. Hmm. Yeah, that's a little, a little suspicious. A little presumptuous. I'm yeah. really glad that Swan's being used, though. That's something that we complained about a lot after she was stilled. Her abilities were not appreciated, but I feel like Egwene is appreciating them now. Yeah, in fact, I would say that Swan is is like teaching Egwene a lot of her her tricks and and, and approaches, and that she like. Egwene probably couldn't have a better mentor than Swan, right? Yeah, mm. and Egwene is not being arrogant about it at all. I think she's doing a pretty good job. Yeah, I agree. I think that she. I think that Egwene as Armelin so far is fantastic. Like yeah, she's, I, I, she's in her element. I think all all of these people are screwed because Egwene is a monster, <laughs> and she's yeah. going to dominate this place it's sooner or later. Right? She, she well, never she's already, stops. Right? She never sleeps. <laughs> yeah, if they wanted a puppet, they chose the wrong girl. Right, they're all going to be her puppets. She's going to be an incredibly strong Omerlin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's doing a great... Yeah, she's doing a fantastic job. Better than anyone realizes, probably, except maybe Swan. Yeah. I think Swan knows what's going on. But maybe. at this point, she's like, eh, whatever, I'm cool with it. 
maybe she's exactly what they need. They need a really, really strong leader. Yeah, she's a battle of Merlin. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think that's, and uh, the reason Sherryam didn't share this with anybody is because they're worried about the Black Aja. They don't know who the Black Aja is. Yeah. Which they are right to do so because we know there's Black Aja. Yeah. In the in Saladar. At least yeah. one. It's that uh, Delana. Delana. Thank you. Yeah. And who we keep. We did hear her name come up in this chapter as well, and she's at least. Uh, ostensi- ostensibly siding with Egwene in terms of like voting and stuff like that, but yeah, but she's the one that she's working for the Forsaken or the resurrected Forsaken and is is playing all sides. Yeah, trying to play them against each other to sow chaos, right? Or something. Yeah, yeah. But in the middle of this conversation, Egwene finds that through the Adam she is wearing, she realizes that Mogedian has been freed by a male channeler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's funny because we get this, like, nice reminder of the phenomenally stupid fact that Egwene has a forsaken rolling around. She's like, oh, I should put that bracelet back on, you know. Just, yeah. You know, it's kind of I, a nice thing I don't to like do. to put it on. It doesn't match my style. <sighs> I know. But uh, even with the bracelet on, it didn't matter because Mogedian got freed right away. Yep. All that came of it is that she knew when she got away. Yeah, yeah and she w- goes and looks for her and she's gone because, of course, she is. And this is extremely bad. Yeah, it's funny because Egwene's going down the list of culprits in her head and avoiding, like, the most obvious fucking thing. She's like, I guess it could have been Loghain. He could have come back. No, that doesn't make much sense. Maybe Rand sent one of Ashaman to let Loghain out. No, that doesn't make sense either. It's like, dude, you know who did this. It's a fucking <laughs> forsaken, and you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So she summons Swan, Sanche, and Liam to uh, talk about how fucked they all are. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, like, Mogedin, of all the forsaken that you don't want to be, like, after you with a vengeance, Mogedian might be one of the worst because she's so subtle. You know, the other ones will come at you from the front and you can, like, maybe fight them. But Mogedian will get you while you're sleeping. You I know? think Mogedian showed herself to be the weakest, though. She's weaker yeah. in some ways, but she's also, like, venomous and, like, her, her webs or whatever. I Well, first of all, I would say Samirhaj is the one you want the least. Uh, that's right. She is a, she's like kind of a torture, the torture one. one. Yeah, but also, Mogedian, I am not super impressed by her webs and schemes so far. She's caught them several times, hasn't she? Like, well, but they're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I mean, they're, they're bull in a china they're, shop. They're <laughs> Nynaeve's trap finding agency that like finds traps and jumps into them. <laughs> well, is, so doesn't that make Mogedi the perfect the perfect villain for them? She just sets the traps they fall into constantly. Yeah. No, that's that's a good point, right? They're <laughs> they're arch nemesis. <laughs> she's like a she's like a cartoon villain. She keeps setting the traps and having like animal fall on her head or whatever. She's like mm-hmm. the, the roadrunner and the coyote. Yeah, kind of thing. exactly. That's kind of what's going on She's like Acme, uh, you know, Acme Tarangreal or something. Yeah. And meanwhile, Miss Anna seems to get exactly what she wants, right? Yeah. She doesn't get killed. She doesn't get punched in the face by anybody. (laughs) (laughs) True. Well, has gotten punched in the face a couple times, hasn't she? Yeah. Samurai is definitely the scariest. I still remember that scene where the Aes Sedai she captures in the warder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was that in this book or the last book? No, that was the last book. Beginning of the last book. Yeah. That was was messed up. Yeah. Yeah, just some, some random side things that are mentioned in this chapter. Um, I, I actually think it's kind of cool that uh, they talk a lot about the costs and logistics of moving an army of this size because mm-hmm. it's something that you don't, no one else is talking about really. But uh, Egwene, because she's involved in every aspect of this, she's, she immerses herself in the minutiae. She's like, man, nobody told me that, you know, it'd be so expensive to move an army across the countryside. And it's like, she's right. Yeah. They have to think about like supply lines. They have to think about all this stuff because... I guess she's running the show, right? I think right. it's kind of cool that they talk about that. It's yeah. disturbing, though, because that's one place there's really evidence for me that Sherryam is actually working actively against her because Sherryam gives her another couple of maids, and those maids have to be paid. 
I don't. So I I agree with you, but I don't think it's Sherryam. <laughs> uh, what is it? Uh, the the two it's, uh, sitters who Lamanda and Lilan. And I was like, there is a hundred percent chance they're either spies or forsaken. <laughs> She's like, oh yeah, and Ramon and Leilan have found these random women to come be my extra servants. I don't really need more servants, but I guess I'm the armament, so I gotta take all these. It's like, they are spies, man. Yeah, of course they're spies. They're absolutely there to like, you know, gather information for the and for I, your I, At most, two of three of them are forsaken. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's be reasonable here. I, I mean, they're, yeah, they're, they're either spies or forsaken. There's a, I think it's a coin flip either way. <laughs> Um, there's also a moment where she's thinking, we, she's mentioning Loghain, and it occurs to me that we haven't heard from Loghain either. And he's supposed to be going to Rand, right? Yeah. Did, didn't, did Egwene let him go? Yes. I think so, yeah. She, I couldn't she, remember. Yeah, I, I can't remember how she did it. Like, she sent the warders on their way and, like, set him free, and I can't, I don't remember. Oh, maybe she put him to sleep? I don't remember. She did something, and he disappeared in the mist, and nobody knows how, but, yeah, Egwene did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and she mentions how she's concerned that she hasn't heard from him. And I was like, yeah, we should be concerned about that, right? Like, he could probably teleport to Rand. Yeah, I think he probably knows how to do that, right? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe he doesn't know how to make gateways. That's a new thing. Uh, but it is concerning that nobody's heard from him. Yep. I wonder what he's up to. Yeah, Sherium is saying, like, and all the other the sitters are saying, well, we're running out of money, so why don't we just stop paying the soldiers? <laughs> and Egwene's like, are you dense? <laughs> like, no, you can't do that. That doesn't work that way. <laughs> if you do that, they don't stay. Yeah, right? They, and they, you know, they get mad at you, right? And they, there's a bunch of them. They got swords, right? Yeah, I, I, I can't tell if that's Sherryam actively working against Egwene or that she just doesn't know how to run an army, which is a totally reasonable thing for a normal person not to know how to do, right? Well, and especially because the Aes Sedai are so removed from reality. Yeah, they probably think that Soldiers would just want to fight for them because that's what their warders do. They don't pay their warders, do they? I guess they don't. They don't think so. Yeah, the, the most of an Isidai's army is probably warders, and they're all unpaid help. <laughs> oh. Whatever you want to call that. <clears throat> um, yeah, warding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I I don't necessarily think that Shariam is actively working against her, but who can say really? No. Either way, Egwene does it's a bad idea, which is great because it is a bad idea. Yeah, way to go, Egwene. Yeah. Uh, we also get a, a, a brief note about something we've discussed previously. They actually talk a little bit about the longevity of Aes Sedai in this chapter. They mentioned that um, when it comes to uh, people taking positions of, of, of leadership in the tower, that people often have to be uh, having worn the shawl 70 or 80 years at least. So the sitters who they're talking mm-hmm. to are at least that old. Right. Very old. Worn the shawl that, that long. So yeah, they're, they're which like means that they 100. could be over 100. Yeah, so mm-hmm. we know I said I at least live that long. Mm-hmm. I don't think we've heard any concrete numbers. We know we know that Viren at least is very old, uh, even among I said I, so yeah. who knows. So that's it for this episode. Next time we're going to cover chapters... 9 through 11. 9 through 11 of Crown of Swords. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at LSM Sullivan on Twitter and Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. And I'm Micah Sparkman, and I don't have any of those things. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at thedragonreread.com. We love hearing from you. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time, the, the light, light illumine you. you.